Welcome to That Bleeping Podcast, the podcast where four academicals talk about pop culture, things that they love, things that they hate, but right now we're talking about Degrassi, The Next Generation. This week we tackle episode seven and eight. Two warnings before we start. First, we give full recaps, so spoiler alert. And second, we don't really watch our language, so sailor alert. My name is Tiffany Salter. I teach literature and pop culture at the college level, and I also like nerdy things. My name is Sonic Gabbard. I teach film studies and pop culture at Ohio State. I am the self-identified layperson, though, because my wheelhouse is actually in political science and political economy uh, and international relations. Uh, I'm here because I love all things teendom, but not in a creepy way. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm Jacinta. I am the uh, resident still in school member of this podcast. I study TV, film, and pop culture, and I watch all the TV, all of it, every bit. You do watch a lot of television. An absurd amount of television. And that leaves me. I'm Jay Vernon Shaw. I study popular culture and African-American literature and feminist theory and teach that stuff and a lot, a lot of composition to freshmen. And I'm here because I like TV and podcasts and these people on this podcast. <laughs> Yay. Woo. So, <laughs> so today we're talking about episodes seven and eight. So that's Basketball Diaries and Secrets and Lies. I'll start off with the Basketball Diaries. So our A-plot today is Jimmy Brooks, who is on the basketball team for now. Um, we At the beginning of the episode, the coach is explaining to to the, the team that there are 15 people, but they only have room for 12. And so there's an upcoming expo game against Earl Grey, uh, <laughs> which is the best. So and, Canadian. And during that time, they're, like after that game, he's going to have to cut three people from the team. But we learned that Jimmy is falling behind in English with Miss Kwan. And so Spinner and Jimmy talk about how he's having a hard time balancing his homework and his performance in basketball, because if he studies a lot, then he doesn't do as well on the team and vice versa. Jimmy is concerned that Ms. Kwan can get him kicked off the team since he's falling behind. We also find out that Spinner has had his Ritalin up and he feels like a zombie. After practice, they're talking and um, Spinner explains that for normal people, Ritalin is like speed, but it has the opposite effect as it, on, on him. He giggles and says drugs aren't the answer and then Jimmy chuckles. But Jimmy got an assignment done after an all-nighter. He's too tired to play because it's the day of the game. Um, but asked Spinner if he could help him out by giving him his last uh, Ritalin pill. Spinner's like, no way. Um, and Jimmy's like, it's not steroids. It's not illegal. Please, <laughs> please, I need it. I'm half alive. I can't miss it. Later on in the locker room, right in front of the game, Jimmy's playing with the ball, clearly speeding his nuts off. Uh, and in the first, <laughs> And in the first half, Jimmy refuses to pass the ball to Sean a couple of times. During halftime, coach is coaching and says that they need to play like a team. But during this, Jimmy is hardcore fidgeting. But also during this moment, like simultaneous to this, Spinner decides to give Degrassi their halftime entertainment and turns up the music and starts dancing in front of everyone. We're clearly starting to see that like maybe the effect of not taking his medicine is that he's getting hyperactive here. Um, but then he moons everyone in front of the principal, Mr. Radich, in Mr. Radich's office, he says, you know, you can't do any more extracurriculars. And Spinner says, I'm sorry, I forgot. But he doesn't rat Jimmy out. But Radich is like, fine, but you'll be taking your pills in front of my secretary three times a day, which is too many times a day. It's bonkers. Cut back to the basketball game and Sean won't pass the ball to Jimmy. So Jimmy knocks Sean over, takes the ball, shoots and scores the final winning basket. But Sean is hurt. In the locker room, the coaches, you showboated, you missed calls, and you weren't a team player. You almost uh, broke Sean's ankle. And so the coach says he can't take that chance and he cuts Jimmy. 
kind of tangential, but not quite a C-plot. We find out that Sean is pretty much playing basketball because his social worker thinks that it'll be beneficial to him. Um, But also Sean is really good at basketball. So our B-plot is that Liberty really wants to get in on the announcements game. So we find out that that Liberty's late giving Ashley final copy for the announcements, and Ashley gets snippy with Liberty. But Liberty basically is like, I do all the work, you get all the glory, because Liberty is writing all of the announcements, even the jokes, even though she says she got the joke from online. Um, (laughs) The net. The net. I'm sorry. The net. Um, And then Liberty addresses... Sorry, Sandra Bullock. Yeah, right? Um, (laughs) Liberty addresses Ashley. She says, I want to read the announcements. Ashley says, I'm a performer and you're a writer. Yin and yang. Maybe next year. Uh, (laughs) Harsh. Uh, So Liberty goes on strike. Echoing what Manny earlier said that says that a monkey could do Ashley's job. And then Ashley's like, fine, the pregame announcements are yours. So, of course, when she's in front of the camera, Liberty is doing face exercises, playing with her cheeks, not realizing that she's live until everyone has seen it. Um, Mm. And then she does a really terrible job at reading the announcements. And Ashley and Paige are watching. And Paige is like, after Liberty signs off, she's like, more like loser Van Zant. Good job, Ash. <laughs> I'm impressed. You totally set her up. But Ashley looks sad and not vindicated. Liberty gets mocked a little bit during the basketball game and decides not to go to the basketball game. So Ash seeks her out and says, basically, I'll help you out with some pointers. And then Liberty reads the announcements after the game, and they're much better. But then Ashley's like, okay, good. Now you can do them next year after I graduate. Um, and that's pretty much it. Uh, where do y'all want to start? Well, I have factoids about Ritalin. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, we can we can revisit that in a minute. I mean, I so I googled how many times a day do you take Ritalin, and Wikipedia right. said two to three times a day. Right, but those would not all be during like during the school day, like yeah. eight hours. Yeah, no, I didn't believe, especially because he had a timer that went off. They clearly would not let him have in school. Yeah. Like, and the pillbox. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that pillbox. Because Spinner you know, is, like, 80 well, years old. No, because he really does need a pillbox. Yeah. Because if there's one creature that would be like, I don't remember how many pills I've had today, it is 13-year-old Spinner. Well, and also, like, at first... I was like, does Spinner have a pager? No, no. <laughs> it's just his timer. <laughs> I liked this episode because it it was the beginning of the Degrassi cautionary tales about performance-enhancing drugs and also just doing drugs. But it was so lightweight and it was so precious. Because Did they Spinner, play blues Spinner guitar and all the other ones? <laughs> <laughs> In this scene when he's convincing him to take the drugs they literally changed the music and played this like down home blues guitar and i was like what is happening don't they play that music though whenever somebody makes a bad moral choice i feel like we've heard that music before this was i just felt really felt very twangy um so i have a question So in the beginning, when Liberty realizes she's doing all of the work for Ashley, Emma and Manny are kind of fawning over. I want to know. I was curious. Like, what are they? What are they fawning over? Ashley at the beginning. Okay. And I was like, do they have a girl crush on Ashley, or are they just like, (laughs) not like a not like a Katy Perry girl crush, but like, do they just really want to (laughs) be Ashley when they grow up? But also JT, it seems like all of them, that whole grade is sitting there watching her being like, she's so cool. Ashley Is it just because she's like a grade eight? I don't know. Well, I mean, they seem to idolize them because later Liberty, in the next episode, Liberty says she wants to be like Ashley and Jimmy. Oh, yes. So it seems right. like maybe everyone there are the it people, which is... I mean, they... Are and like Jimmy and Ashley are like the star couple, and Ashley's like the star student, and Jimmy's like, well, was sort of supposed to be the basketball star. So they they have all this stardom together. Yeah, because he's romantic yet masculine. Yes, as we discussed in the previous episode. 
Which BT Dubs he's wearing uh, the necklace that Ashley gave him oh, in the yeah. previous episode. So kudos for cohesion. I mean, where where else can you put that? <laughs> also, the TV moment is called Student Soapbox. And yes! I was like, is this a joke? <laughs> I was like, so this weird. is the news, but it's not the news. It's just a soapbox. I was so confused. <laughs> And also, I was the most out of character thing in the whole episode, and I wrote it down with multiple question marks, is how is Liberty late? How I don't believe that Liberty is late. It's pure plot. Pure plot. That woman has never been late a day in her life. True story. She's a but also, like, where was she running from? These are, like, the morning announcements. Like, <laughs> did she just get to school? Like, I don't understand. No, she talks about how she was running her copy to Ashley. And she said TV, something about TV being stressful. Like she had but, just finished the copy and was running it to Ashley. But, it's, but from where? But like, <laughs> because I, because they do not work for like CNN. So what, <laughs> what news did she get that morning that she had to update? <laughs> yeah, um, find the joke on the net. It's true that, oh, and I wrote that joke down too. It was so good. Well, and but the boys are also playing basketball before class. Like they they have like a whole thing, and then they have to head to homeroom. Yeah, um, two days. Yeah, morning practice is a thing. Oh, is yeah. it? Okay. It well, is. clearly yeah. I never did morning practice. So. <laughs> yeah, two days. You go in the morning and then at night. That's some horseshit, man. How else are they going to meet? Beat Earl Grey. I mean, okay, but Earl Grey, I actually. <laughs> I actually rewound it. I was like, did they just say? Yeah. Okay, they did just say. Yep. Oh, also completely out of character. Emma's hair is actually pretty awesome today. Is it? I mean, it's at least not three ponytails. Okay, it's so it's, but it is crimped. Like her whole no, hair. No, that's, epi- that's the ne- next episode. That's the next episode. Oh. Paige's hair is crimped in this episode. Ah, all the crimping. Well, Paige is crimped I mean, in this and in next episode, but... Emma's hair is just like a little braid at the top, and but it, like the rest of it's down. I mean, this was also like 2001, y'all. <laughs> Fair, but three ponytails was not cool in 2001. Maybe it was no. in Canada. Okay, well, Canada's weird then. <laughs> Canada is weird. <laughs> oh my god. Oh yeah, Jacinta, you've been to the Degrassi motherland since we last met. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's true. I was recently in Toronto, and I came very close to going to the Degrassi Street sign, but like my my I I was like worried about my schedule. But like, disappointing. I, I I was highly contemplating going to the street sign. You know, we could you could have just lied and photoshopped yourself into it, and we would have been mean, like, oh my god. I I mean that that would have been a thing. There was a place like near my hotel though called like Drake something, and oh I was God. like, "Is this owned by Drake, or is it just like a coincidence of name?" <laughs> and I'm not. Brooks is on the prowl. Oh, oh my God! Clearly, we all need to have a group field trip to Toronto and oh. take our picture in front of the sign. Okay. Dude, I will do that. It, it's actually not a very long car drive because I drove, so we could do it. <laughs> into it yes summer plans oh my god i wanted to go abroad this is going to be my abroad trip (laughs) (laughs) okay so there is one piece of continuity or just something i'm a little bit confused about that i wonder if you guys could help me out so we all know that sean got held back right like that was an earlier episode and sean and jimmy have beef or like sean's kind of just like pissy about jimmy teasing him about being a grade behind so we know that, but why is he allowed to play on the basketball on the eighth grade basketball team? Is it is it an, that that would be my question? Because like when I was uh, in middle when I was in middle school, we had one basketball team for like sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we had seventh and eighth grade separate. Teams. No, it seems pretty clearly to be the school's team because it's the team like that they're all cheering for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I also didn't think they had beef until this episode. Well, they almost fought, but that was because Jimmy was being annoying. 
I don't think they have like consistent beef. It's yeah. just like Jimmy got on his nerves when he came back. Yeah, Jimmy can't take a hint. And Sean is very sensitive about being held back, rightly so. Yeah. Yeah, they almost fight at the dance and Emma intervenes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's her rescue moment. I mean, Emma and Manny are basically like the Greek chorus of these two episodes. Yeah. Yeah. They just follow the rest of the people around and explain things for us. (laughs) Or two people (laughs) and are more practical than everyone else. And Toby a little bit. Yeah. Well, Toby is always that person. I can't wait for Manny to get hers. Like, I'm really tired of Manny just being a side character. It takes time. I know. Her thong. Okay. (laughs) In these episodes, they're both kind of side characters. I don't know. I, I had trouble because Jimmy and Spinner are sweet together, but sometimes their conversations are really painful. Yeah. I, I I loved my like my favorite line maybe that that Spinner had said the whole time is Miss Kwan can't stop you from playing she's an English teacher. <laughs> yep. <laughs> clearly you don't know at school. Clearly you don't know how this works, Spinner. <laughs> my favorite was when he said ha ha. Oh, so now that, okay, so now we have like we no, have like he had the worst acting moment of, of his career, I think. When he picked that. Anyway, he sorry, is, go ahead. He's so sweet and so awkward. Oh. I was just gonna say that now we have Jimmy cut from the team and Spinner can't be the team manager anymore. So they have so much more time for other shenanigans now. It's true. It's true. Or Jimmy more, has a chance to redeem himself. And more time for Miss Kwan, who I just as a side note, I'm very confused between these two episodes about how Miss Kwan has structured this class in which they write papers on one chapter of a novel <laughs> that they discuss for multiple days and I was like chapter 18 and then they wrote a paper on chapter 18 and I was like what is your lesson plan Miss Kwan <laughs> I, appreci- I appreciated the continuity of them reading Lord of the Flies in both episodes so except that they no. also wrote a haiku in the second no, episode no. <laughs> no that was that was great seven yeah oh okay yep all of Miss Kwan, though I love Miss Kwan yeah, so much. Yeah, she's she's pretty great. Yeah, she's a she's fantastic. Also, the classic Lord of the Rings. Who's your favorite character, Jimmy? Uh, the main <laughs> one. It's an ensemble piece. Uh, <laughs> the Lord of the Flies, and Miss Kwan calls him out and's like, "The Lord of the Flies is a pig's head on a stake." <laughs> I, I like how he looked at Spinner as though Spinner read the book. <laughs> Oh, but then the moment in the hallway later where Spinner's like, it's a real catch 42, and Jimmy corrects him to catch 22, <laughs> and Spinner's like, like, you know it, you don't read. Right. Class. <laughs> and no, Jimmy got that one, Spinner. <laughs> catch 42 is the best. I have a question about how Ashley knew that Liberty was in the bathroom. I wondered. Because I- Liberty, I know that we said at the beginning that Liberty becomes annoying in these two episodes. I literally wrote three times, oh, Liberty, oh, Liberty, oh, Liberty. Because I was so bad for her. I wrote poor Liberty. But when Mm -hmm. she's in the bathroom, suddenly Ashley materializes in the same bathroom. And I was like, how did you know she was there? Well, she walked in and she heard crying. And I was like, how did you know that that was Liberty crying? It could have been anybody crying. I like the idea of her going bathroom to bathroom at Degrassi Junior High, looking underneath each stall. Like, I mean, the bathroom, they only have one bathroom set, so it's oh, limited. That's, that's true. But we can, there's multiple doors on the outside. Maybe there was, it's the grade seven bathroom. There, <laughs> there was nobody. Everything is divided. There was that nobody was else in there. Yeah, that's true. No, my middle school, they didn't let the sixth, seventh, eighth graders have shared bathrooms because they were afraid of bullying so we all had our own bathroom i don't think we had enough bathrooms for that yeah well in my middle school they took the doors off like the front doors not the stall doors <laughs> off the bathroom because pe- people set everything in fire in there and what? because people would take tampons and walk, put them all over the walls so we weren't really playing a game where we could do it by grade oh okay Oh, Liberty crying in the stall, though. That brought back some real middle school memories for me. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> I wrote down, ask everyone 
if they've ever cried in a bathroom song. <laughs> Isn't that an Avril Lavigne song? I mean, what? There's I, some song from that era about crying in a bathroom song. Maybe I'm thinking of that Red Hot Chili Peppers song. Maybe uh, you're thinking about crying in the club. That's true. I am always thinking about crying in the club. Is that a song? Well, yeah. <laughs> it's a Camilla Cabello song. Oh, I don't want to speak for anyone else here, but I will say that I spent many, many minutes, half hours, uh, crying in the bathroom in school. I don't think I ever cried. I mean, I did. I I did not care enough about people mm. <laughs> to cry in school. Like, I mean, I'm I'm sure they were doing whatever. I just nah, I don't care about them. I cried a lot openly, which is why my best friend made fun of me for crying a lot openly, which is why I can't cry and I go to therapy about it. Oh. That was what happened to me in middle school. That's horrible. Boys are mean to each other, too. That's true. true story. I cried not a lot, but the most traumatic cry was when I, I don't think I can say who put gum in my hair because of liability. Uh, or libel, not libel, but um, you know who you are. She put gum in my hair, and for people that don't know what I look like, I have a lot of hair, and I've always had a lot of hair. And so to put gum in my hair is a thing, because it takes forever to get out, and you might as well just cut it out. So that happened in middle school, and I remember running to the bathroom with, like, my hands kind of stuck in the gum in the rat's nest of my hair, and that was... That was my bathroom moment. That's terrible. I know. She's mean. I'm not going to say her name, though. But she went to Frankfurt <laughs> High School. <laughs> <laughs> once, once a guy in my, like, fifth grade class, I think, cut off a girl's ponytail. <gasps> Holy oh. shit. That's nope. horrible. Oh, man. That's horrible. Yep. Kids so are the fucking it. worst, man. Oh, they totally are. So this is also, like, I like that they talk about Ritalin in this episode because peak Ritalin prescription, right? Like, this was pre-Adderall, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I did not know a lot of people taking meds when I was in high school, but the ones that I did know were taking Ritalin. Yeah, there's a really good documentary. I don't know how good it is. It gets really boring near the end. Maria Shriver produced it. It's on, it's on Netflix. It just came out. It's called Take Your Pills, and it's all about Adderall and Ritalin. And I learned from that documentary that Ritalin is named after, the inventor named it after his wife, Marguerite, who went by Rita, who he invented the substance for her to get better at tennis, to have more pep in her step, <laughs> to help their couple's tennis game in Weird. 1948. Oh, okay. That's she so... was thinking about J- Jimmy Brooks. It was the intended use, really. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, but also, now, look, I've never taken Ritalin, so I don't know how immediately it affects you or how much, but Jimmy was off the walls, like, yeah. immediately. <laughs> yeah. He... I also am excited by the fact that I, I don't know, ADD or ADHD, we're not really sure, Whatever Spinner's dealing with, it manifests itself as really bad hip-hop dancing. Oh, my God. You mean amazing hip-hop dancing? I want to amazing hip-hop dancing. No, like, I want to somehow, I, I'm sure people can do this with the internet, but I want to do two screens, one of Spinner dancing and one of Drew Barrymore dancing and never been kissed when she's fucked up on uh, pot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gross, grossy? No, what's her Josie name? Josie Gross. Josie, yes. Named after Josie and the Pussycat. Yes. As one does. Right. We've all been there. Who's our favorite for these episodes? Or for this episode, rather. This one. Yeah, I think she wins out for me, too. Although, I have to say, I think I liked her better in the next episode. So maybe my favorite is Liberty, because I like her weird understanding of her life i just love her like professionalism talking about her career and and television i think spinner's my favorite in this episode although like him him taking the fall for jimmy is (laughs) it's a rough rough go for him but i i think he he had some good lines and he did some good goofy things in this episode 
and he didn't particularly bug me. Yeah, Spinner's my favorite too. I actually wrote for my favorite thing this week is Spinner's Dancing. I love that he's the manager. I was also sports manager for a sport I did not play. And it's hard work. You have to like wash the jerseys. It's gross. All the love for Spinner. I was afraid to say Spinner because Spinner's been my favorite already (laughs) many times. So it's kind of Spinner, but it's kind of Miss Kwan. So I don't know. Spinner's just so good in this one. Also, I like that he's about to get his growth spurt as an actor. And I think it's adorable. Wait, so he's gonna, his his acting chops are going to get better or he's going to reach a growth no, spurt? No, physically. Which, okay. Physically, you can tell, like, from the first, since the first episode, he's getting a little bit bigger and he's about to, like, just shoot up. And it's adorable because he's so awkward. I think it helps that he's always with Jimmy and Jimmy is kind of a tiny person with giant Muppet eyes. Oh, my God, baby Drake. And Jimmy is also... Jimmy is also wearing giant clothes all the time, like yes. giant hoodies and whatnot. Yeah, and also I noticed, like, I, Emma is, like, so much taller than her cohort. Yes. And, and I didn't realize that until, I mean, I knew that she looked kind of tall, but, like, so I, I well, was Well, the wondering. boys are so, the boys also wear, and her cohort wear, especially JT wears, <laughs> in the next episode, wears those, like, red Junkos. Jinkos? Whatever. <laughs> I never wore them, so I never knew how to say them. Jinkos. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's no vowel between those two letters <laughs> telling me how to pronounce it. Jinkos. No, that's fair. I just... just... Oh, God. <laughs> I'm recently... you all know how to say jinkos. Well, obviously, you've never gone in a on a sartorial riff about how ugly those fucking Jinko jeans are. Hey, yo. Uh, Jinkos, uh, as someone who was um, adjacent to the... Hey, 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 hey. (laughs) (laughs) Who was adjacent to the skaters in in high school. Did you say adjacent to the skaters? (laughs) (laughs) I I I dated a skater in, in high school. And so... I might have worn his pants once or twice. Um, he was a boy, she was a girl. Can she stuck her hearts in, no. ba- in his baggy pants. Dude, we've already had our Avril Lavigne moment for this <laughs> Yeah, You're and, adjacent to the skaters. The skater boys. Junkos. <laughs> Junkos. Junkos. I mean, this seems like a good segue to Secrets and Lies. Oh my god, yes. All right. I'm going to start off my synopsis with a quote from Secrets and Lies. Early death, our fault. (laughs) (laughs) It was one of my favorite parts. Oh my gosh. That is the final line of Emma's haiku. Okay, we'll get to that in a second. Secrets and Lies aired on May 6, 2002 in the United States and December 9, 2001. In Canada, this is important because, well, I'll get to it. So the whole point, the main plot in Secrets and Lies is Ashley's dad is coming back in Europe where he is a, he was a reporter, reporter, right? Yeah, he was a reporter in various conflict zones, the most recent one being Kosovo. And he talks a little bit about that when he goes and visits her class. So in the beginning of the episode, Ashley and her dad are hanging out finally after several years of him living abroad, and he clearly wants to tell her something. He has a secret, and her mom, it looks like her mom knows the secret too, because after Ashley spends the day with her dad, she goes in and talks to her mom, and her mom asks if her dad shared anything with her. So something's going on with Ashley's dad that we don't know. And Ashley's dad is a hunk of hunk of burning love. He is a good looking man. And we know this because, well, we have eyes, but also (laughs) everyone else in the school, well, all of Ashley's friends go gaga over Ashley's dad. Paige has a lovely little DILF moment. She doesn't say DILF, but she's clearly thinking DILF. Dad, I'd like to fuck, for those of you that don't know what a DILF is. Um, Anyway, Ashley's dad is the main event. What comes out later on in the episode... What comes out? 
Yes, thank you. <laughs> that was strategic. <laughs> we come to find out that Ashley's dad, his big secret is that he's gay. And the way we find out is Ashley makes a joke to her mom, like, what, is he gay? And her mom said, well, we've had things we wanted to talk to you about for a long time. And Ashley's like, what? The camera does that zoom in. What is that called? Oh, my God, the zoom. They do the Spike Lee shot. I wrote it. Yes, down. yes, they do the Spike Lee on Ashley. Yeah. Yes, where they zoom in on her reaction um, when she finds out that her dad is gay. Go to the next day. She goes to school and she's very distraught. Somehow someone had the great idea to tell Toby in their family. Cause as we know, Ashley and Toby are pseudo stepbrother and stepsister. Toby's the younger one. And Toby tells his best friend JT, who is a little monster in this episode. And this is a good segue into the subplot or plot B, which is that Liberty is clearly in love with JT the entire episode, there's this music that plays when she sees him. It's supposed to be like a soulful Barry White type of music, but obviously they couldn't get the rights to any Barry White songs. And JT's really freaked out about it because he doesn't like her back. And once JT finds out about Ashley's dad, he thinks, oh, you know what? I will tell Liberty that I'm gay if she asks me out. This is where the episode takes a really nasty turn uh, because we see JT doing all of these perform what looks like performative um, effeminate things that he clearly thinks are what a gay man does in terms of walking and talking to really play this up to Liberty, but it's really offensive and it's just gross and it's stupid. And the nice thing is everyone else looks at him like, what are you doing? Um, but not in a homophobic way, but in a like, dude, that's kind of fucked up way. Because Toby knows that JT's pouring it on. In the end, uh, with JT and Liberty in the subplot, Liberty uh, has been wanting to do a spotlight on him for the magazine, the school magazine, The Grapevine. She originally wanted to do it, uh, do a spotlight on JT because she's very much in love with him. But I think her excuse is like, you're a up-and-coming student or something. You're going to be a star. Oh, yeah, you're going to be a star. You're funny. But then when she finds out, when he tells her he's gay, she's like, you know what? We could do this about you being an out student at Degrassi. I, when I watched this scene, I was like, does Liberty know? Is Liberty intentionally calling his bluff? To me, you know, I still don't know if that was ever resolved, that whether she was doing that intentionally or not. But as soon as he finds out that she's going to publish something about him being gay, he's like, I'm not gay. And he tells her, that he told her that because she's he didn't want to go out with her. So he's just a piece of shit in this episode, quite frankly, because he could have just told Liberty that he didn't like her, which is what she said to him, instead of making up a lie about himself. There's the lie part, right? We got the secret and the lie. Sure. Back to plot A, Ashley is really upset about her dad being gay. Um, when her dad does try to talk to her about him being gay, it is revealed that he's had a partner for a long time, Christopher, and Ashley actually knows who this person is. And she gets very upset because she feels betrayed that her dad's been lying to her her whole life. And she thinks that the reason her dad was never around her was because he was gay and he didn't want her to know. Obviously, there's a lot more that was happening with him being an international <laughs> war journalist, but uh, she's clearly... You know, it's all about Ashley here. This is why I can't stand her. But anyway, so um, there are a couple other little interesting moments with Ashley reacting to her friends and really just kind of being a jerk to them when they don't even know what's going on. Like, for example, Paige, Paige, without knowing that her, that Ashley's dad is gay, says, hey, you know, your dad's single and he's really hot and he hasn't dated any women. Maybe he's gay. And Ashley throws an entire big gulp of soda in Paige's face. I think it's milk. Chopped yeah, oh, no, it's milk, which is even worse. That's so shitty. That's so rude. So Ashley gets up and yells at Paige and throws chocolate milk on her. And as as she's leaving, Paige is like kind of crying and saying, "My brother's gay." I was trying to I was trying to talk to her about that. 
Paige was not very tactful, but she was trying to build a bridge, I think. Mm-hmm. And then the other uh, friend interaction is we find out that Terry's mom is actually dead, and that's why we haven't met her mom yet. And Terry, <laughs> <laughs> right? She's dead. She is. So Terry, let's <laughs> just sit it. Uh, so Terry and Ashley have a conversation, and Ashley's like, "Oh, I hate my dad." Da da da. I don't, I'm going to cut him out of my life. And Terry said, but you're lucky because you have a dad. And Ashley, Ashley's like, Terry, it's not the same. And Terry says, no, it's not the same. And you want to know why you have a choice. I don't, don't make the wrong one. So clearly Terry's like, dude, if I could have my mom back gay or straight, I would have her back immediately. Shut the fuck up and get over it, Ashley. But the episode ends unresolved. So we don't know what Ashley's going to do with this my dad is gay thing. And that's something I think we could talk about in terms of tone and where it lands on homophobia. I'd forgotten that Ashley's dad was gay until I started this episode. And then then when they started and they had gone to brunch, I was like, of course she went to brunch with her gay dad that she doesn't know is gay. (laughs) Very on the nose here. What is happening over there? <laughs> oh, okay. So that's me. I'm doing shit. Oh, I was just I was looking up the, the so there's the Spike Lee dolly shot, which is different than the other yeah the other thing, and I don't I cannot remember what the fuck that's called because it's not rack mm-hmm. focus because the yeah, thing stays in focus, but it moves from like a long like a long shot to a wide angle shot. And so mm-hmm. that aspect ratio changes, so the depth of field changes, but I, I can't remember what it's actually called. I just like that in this episode, it means that Ashley is Malcolm X. <laughs> yes, yes. Sure, Walking sure. to the, the one last talk, or whatever. She's Mookie. I'm sorry. What? What is she's, she's also Mookie. Yes. Doesn't, doesn't that shot happen to Mookie, too? And. Mm-hmm. Uh, do the right thing. Yep. Do the right thing. Yeah. Okay. Fucking Spike Lee. Did you guys see his post on Instagram today? No. About how he discovered Rosie Perez. I'm like, motherfucker, no, you didn't. She was on fucking American Bandstand before she before you saw her dancing in the club. Anyway, that's another. That's neither here nor there. All right. So. So I haven't oh. seen this episode. And I guessed that the dad was gay. Let me see where I wrote it in my notes. (laughs) Early on. Literally right after Paige said, he's hot in an old man sort of way. I wrote, is her dad gay? (laughs) And then literally the next thing I wrote was Spike Lee shot. So knew it was coming. Also, I like that he could have been James Bond. Oh, Oh, yeah. He was very James Bondy. Yeah. Like totally. 70s, 80s James Bond. Well, he could be a spy. He could be a Canadian mm-hmm. spy on the Kosovo border. I mean, uh, that sounds, I, I buy that. Also, this is relevant since we just got rid of all of the foreign agents, all the Russian agents in the U.S., right? Timely. Topical. Yep. Top, thank you. Yeah, his dad, her dad, he's pretty great. I, I like her dad. I think he's pretty great. Although he's he raised pretty. Shitty daughter, but well, he he didn't do much raising. It seems truth because they said it's been like five years since they split up. He hasn't been. It sounds like active in her life since she was like eight. Since they went to the zoo, that was like the Balkan timeline. Mm -hmm. Since the war started ending in ninety five, ninety six, and started again in Kosovo in ninety eight. Anyway. Yeah, well, no, I was a little confused because I was confused because I was like, but his job also means he would have been gone, too. And I wasn't sure if we were supposed to understand that that was, like, just happenstance, that he both had a job that took him away and he fell in love with this person. I think he was working as, like, a journalist, and then maybe he took an assignment away. Like, I don't know that he was always away. It's just, like... He used that as an opportunity. Yeah, that's how I understood it too. Mm -hmm, Same. And then Christopher was just somebody that he met with work or something. I don't know. Christopher, the blonde guy with the mustache. 
<laughs> yes. The only that's also so clearly a spy. Clearly these people are spies. <laughs> Gay spies. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because it's not a nefarious mustache, it's a cute mustache. Obviously. Mm. So does this school, are we supposed to understand that this this is the encounter all of these people are first having with gay people? Within their, like, except for Paige, like, within their, like, immediate circles, it seems like that is probable. Yeah. Also, as an aside, but about gayness, Paige plays field hockey, y'all. (laughs) <laughs> like I wrote that in all caps Paige plays field hockey because eventually but were they actually playing field hockey like playing for real or was it for like gym class I thought it was gym class Ugh, I want Paige to play field <laughs> hockey so bad <laughs> JT is so befuddled by Ashley's dad being gay like he cannot comprehend two men together and I liked what Toby said. At one point, Toby says, I don't know, JT. Some people are just gay, I guess. <laughs> yeah, their discussion was much less awkward. Like, as acting, it was much less awkward than the Jimmy Spinner discussion, the last one. But it was very strange. Because I was like, have you... I was just so confused about how naive, like, how childish their discussion of gayness was. It could have also been being played up to the like, like a weird sort of boys fronting like I don't know what gay is. I don't know what gay is. Oh, I expected them. To, I mean, I would believe they'd be worse. Like, I feel like they would know shit so they could be mean. They were very nice ultimately. Besides the like, home, like the weird. I mean, it was more. I felt like it was worse that he was mean to Liberty. I felt like the episode was more upset with him being mean to Liberty. Yeah. For sure. Then it was about his weird performance, although Toby does say, Can you, you should tone that down a little bit. I do like the part where Snake sees them with their arms around each other. Yeah, the very slight raise of his eyebrow is pretty great. I don't know what to do with this episode because, like, it's so very Canadian. Well, so the other conversation that I was more confused by was her and her dad when he tells her Because I wasn't sure if we were supposed to... I felt like we were supposed to sympathize with him. Yeah. Yeah, we are. And he's very clearly like, I left... I just got confused about where we were supposed to land at the end. Oh, good. (laughs) Sorry, I was going to say, because she makes such a deal out of the lying thing. And he's very clearly like, we didn't think you were old enough to deal with it. Now, that's weird. But also nothing she's saying in this episode makes me think she would have dealt with it any better younger. The the thing that I was curious about was, like, I, I don't know at the end of the day whether I'm supposed to understand that she's upset because he's gay or because he has a partner that she has met but did not know that he was his partner. But it seems like she's not only, like, was it a lie by omission, but, like, an active lie because she's met the guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's both, but I think it's more the lie because mm-hmm. it's somebody that she knows. Like, if it had been, like, oh, I met this person while I was out war corresponding. I don't <laughs> think, I think she, because the way their conversation is going, she's, like, listening to him and going, oh, like along with it reasonably well as he's explaining until she finds out it's somebody that she knew. Yeah, but before this even, the reaction with Paige, which yeah. this is the first time I have felt anything other than like complete I have not liked Paige at all so far. And so this was the first time that I really actually appreciated Paige. And I mean, part of it is that, you know, she ended up with a glass of chocolate milk all over her. She really was just positing something (laughs) I don't know and I know that Ashley is going through a lot but so like part of it's also like understanding you know if her dad knew that he was gay by the time she was eight like there was still a big stigma and I mean I know that it's only five years but those five years are really important in terms of like cultural competency around HIV and AIDS and um, the stigma of being gay So part of me was also like, okay, well, maybe 
her parents were trying to do the right thing by not telling her. But then I was also kind of like, but, you know, you raised this kid to be fucking horrible, to react in a horrible way because you were trying to shield her when you could have just normalized this from the beginning. I mean, there are kids, you know, people our age who had gay parents, right? Like who had gay parents and were raised by same gender parents. You know what I mean? So that was the other thing that I felt kind of strange about with the episode is why her parents decided not to tell her. Um, Well, I mean, even now people don't, though. Like there's people who still don't tell their kids until they're older now. So I wasn't surprised that that they chose not to tell her then at age eight or whatever. Mm -hmm. Except it would be easier for her to understand it. If but it was parents, normalized. But parents don't see it that way. Yeah. I could see them. Yeah, I could see them thinking they're shielding her. Because, right. I mean, then if the thing is she's mad about the lie, then it's still a shitty. Because following that logic, I don't know. There's just... I could understand not telling her because when she was younger, it would be more stigmatizing and she'd be an eight-year-old having to deal with it. Right. In the 90s. Yeah. I think also this is one of the things where the limits of what Degrassi is willing to let these kids say makes it more complicated because they don't really let anyone be like verbally homophobic. So you're never clear. And when Paige suggests her dad is gay, she throws chocolate milk at him, which makes me think that she's not okay with his gayness and it has nothing to do yeah. with it. Oh, well, she doesn't know about Christopher at that point either. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I was just going to say, but I think part of it is also just like, a revelation of something that you weren't expecting because we don't I mean we don't really get here any sort of direct sense of like how Ashley feels about his sexuality per se like in in a direct way there's that sort of sense that for a moment she thought maybe her parents might get back together Mm -hmm. Um, so there's that but like she also just seems like that was the last thing she was expecting right Mm -hmm. The episode ends, you know, because these all end with the, the the freeze frame. And doesn't it end with sad Paige or sad Ashley at her locker after she's been mean to Terry? Terry. Yeah. And I, that, I mean, because the episode begins and ends with Terry talking about her dead mom who lives in the locket around her neck, that really made me feel like, I don't know, are we supposed to end the episode not liking Ashley? Well, I ended it not liking Ashley. And well, you, you started, started it not yeah. liking Ashley. This is true. I've never been to Because I feel like dead mom and the dead mom I can't get back. I mean, there is a weird way that it's dead mom versus gay living dad, right? Mm-hmm. And that at the end, so then I'm like, I feel bad for Terry. I don't really feel bad for you. I don't, and I mean, I don't know how much you need to theoretically feel bad about her as much as like, the show is trying to provoke you to think about it, like right. think about the situation. Yeah, because there have been other times where the show has ended kind of ambiguously before someone has sussed out all of their feelings about a situation. And so, like, I don't know. I see this as, a, I mean, obviously this isn't going away in Ashley's life, so it's probably not going away in Degrassi either. She, right. She's got some processing left to do. Right. And, I mean, that's something we sort of talked about earlier and maybe the first or second episode is like they don't always entirely resolve all the situations or they sort of circle back around to it later. I mean, I kind of thought it was interesting that this was contrasted with Liberty, who, I mean, Sonic, you suggested maybe she's trying to play out JT's hand, but I read her as an earnestly being like, I'm going to be an ally. Because I think she also has a rainbow ribbon in her hair. Yeah, yeah, she does. To him to talk about it. And I wrote down, like, Liberty is the best ally because she's like, I'm sad, but you know what? I'm going to put you in the newspaper. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to inspire other gay kids. I mean, there was, like, a few different moments in that whole sequence. Because at first, when he's, like, putting his arm around Toby and the way that Liberty looks at him, I was like, maybe Liberty knows. And then she did the newspaper thing, and I thought, maybe but yeah. then when he said that he wasn't gay, then she didn't seem to know. So then I was like, okay, so she didn't know. Yeah, same. I had the exact same reaction as Jacinta. 
but I also, but I also know, like, it maybe, maybe just since a, we're being informed by future Liberty because future Liberty would definitely play JT. That is a, that's a future Liberty tactic for sure. I mean, Liberty is a pretty sharp character, but she does, I can see how she gets muddled by her emotions. Mm -hmm. Oh, that poem. Yeah, I was about to say, can we talk about the haikus? Okay, so I'm just going to go ahead and say my favorite thing this episode is the look on Sean's face when Emma's reading her poems. <laughs> he gives her like this side eye and then raised eyebrow combination. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? The haikus are all really good, though. They I are. Love both Emma and Sean's haikus. So oh, much. Sean's haiku. I wrote it down. Yeah, Sean's haiku is, is definitely my favorite. Uh, if you'd like, I can read it to you guys. Yes, please. Sure. Uh, please. I wrote Sean's haiku is bae. Um, <clears throat> poetry is crime. No idea how to rhyme. Stupid waste of time. <laughs> I mean, he was so on on theme right there, right? He, he had it all. Oh, yeah, God. it's it's this sort of like ours poetica, and I love that Miss Kwan actually appreciates it, and mm-hmm. it was it was so perfect. I I really liked Emma's haiku as well because it was also very on brand and also really, really depressing in the most amazing way. (laughs) Early death, our fault. (laughs) So good. (laughs) Well, and and uh, like actually more in keeping with you know haiku since it is about the natural world. She she, haiku were made for Emma. And maybe Liberty. (laughs) A creative writer. That should be her real job. Not activist. Her real job should just be a poet. No tea to the poets out there. And it's got the poet. I mean, <laughs> why can't you be both on it? Oh. Oh man. We have friends that do both. Yeah. Mm. Shout out to our friends. <laughs> uh if this podcast ever gets to the point where we have merch, I want Sean's poem to be one of the things on our merchandise. I feel like we cannot license that. We cannot license that. <laughs> <laughs> what if we, what if we put like a Y instead of an I? No, nope. like time and time and no, nope, we are <laughs> we are not selling any of that. <laughs> what if and does Liberty? I like that Liberty's poem references that JT is short. Yes, subordinate to his something. What was it? His height is subordinate to height subordinate to his heart. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it's so good. I wrote heart emojis. She has like the the emoji with hard eyes that whole time mm. she's reading. The whole episode almost. Oh my god. You know, why she... does she like him? He's so fucking gross. Well, I mean, like I think that like when you're in middle school, it's like, oh, I noticed that boys are a thing. This is a boy that is in my close proximity. I have talked to this boy <laughs> before. Right. I was also just going to say, do you, like, if you think about people that you probably had a crush on in, like, seventh grade, it's not usually great. <laughs> like, they're, like, retrospectively, it's not not ideal. Well, I had this crush. I'll just say that his name was Shane. I had this crush in elementary school, and he had the best surfer hair in the world, and that's all I in re- braces, but, like, that was all I remember is that he had really like awesome surfer hair, and that's why I liked him. Because he was a jackass, but cool See? hair. See, Aww. and I also think the crushes come go come and go fast. Yeah, because we've had two different episodes now where they don't really explain it, and I kind of think that seems also true to life that you mm-hmm. just one day you're like, I need to have a crush. Yeah. yeah, I have a crush. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Toby, yeah. Toby's totally over Emma now. At least oh, yeah. he seems to be. There's not that many Jimmy and Ashleys. Right. That's true. Which, can we unpack Liberty's goal of being the other cute interracial couple? <laughs> <laughs> and then she opens her lunch and starts eating with chopsticks. I know. Oh, I know. I wrote down the thing about chopsticks because I was like, oh, Liberty. Well, <laughs> Liberty's bento box chopstick combo is my favorite thing. Like, it's just so good. 
and she's because oh. she's like eating a baby corn and looking across at JT and like there's this like you know Dreamweaver type of music playing and it's this shot of JT and he's laughing with his mouth open and he's just got like a mouth full of like I don't know hot dog bun I think there's ketchup yes. and mustard all over his and face there's ketchup yeah. and mustard on his like, face and it's just like she's so doe-eyed and like completely there for that shot and it's just it's so amazing. It, but the contrast between their lunches is perfect. It oh, says everything it, you need to know. It, this was also, I, I actually thought this episode, parts of it were written really well. Because JT, when he finds out that Ashley's dad is gay, goes on this rant about how gross men are. And then he embodies that all of that grossness when he's eating that hot dog, which it looks like he gave the bun a rim job, like because of the mustard. <laughs> but it was so bad. Um, J- JT's like, we have body hair, and Toby's like, you wish. <laughs> <laughs> well, then Toby says, women have body hair. My aunt, so and so, and JT yeah. does not want to hear any of it. <laughs> no, women like, have no different. body hair. Oh, JT's such a shithead. True story. Um, so do we want to move on to our favorite things and or our favorite people from this episode? Yes. Okay. I already said my favorite, which is yeah. Liberty's bento chopstick combo with the baby and, corn. And my favorite thing was Sean's side eye slash raised eyebrow at Emma's poem. My favorite thing is Sean's poem as someone who dated a poet. I love Sean. We've all dated poets, sweetie. <laughs> no, girl. I think you see what I have dated the poets on this podcast. I have not dated any poets. Yeah, I think you guys are the poets. Poet <laughs> lovers. Fucking blessings. Just sent on Brendan. <laughs> Brendan, what's your favorite? Oh, okay. I was like, I don't know if there's more coming. I don't want to cut anything off. <laughs> no, I'm being mean to poets. I mean, are we doing favorite things? Because I really liked... I really liked Emma's haiku. I just loved how nihilist and punk it was. Even though like, they mean for it to be like about her ninety, her late nineties, early two thousands environmentalism. But really, all of that ends up being, especially watching it now. Everything she's saying, you're like, oh girl, you don't even know. It's worse. Right? Like, like you got a story. You know, like some of these animals, it's like it's like give up. Don't even try anymore. Yeah. No. Can we the, just take a moment? Animal. I know. I was about to say, can we take a moment for the rhino? Oh, oh my god. Poor Emma. She's taking it really personally. <laughs> <laughs> Emma's such a white feminist. <laughs> Sorry. So do we also want to do our favorite folks from this episode? Yeah. Yeah. I think mine's Toby. Toby has some good lines and um, is generally trying to get JT together. JT is not complying, but Toby is trying. (laughs) Yeah. Toby's doing the Lord's work in this episode. (laughs) I was just saying, I wrote Miss Kwan for this episode with hearts around it. But I can't remember what moment exactly at the beginning of the episode made me like Miss Kwan so much. Oh, is the poems maybe and her responding to them? Maybe that was it. But I wrote Miss Kwan with hearts around it. I'm sure there's someone else. Also, I think also Ashley's dad because he looked like James Bond. And lastly, Terry's mom who lives in that locket around her neck. <laughs> well, also, well, my second like favorite was gonna be Terry. Uh, because Terry also like Toby keeps having to get her friends together they oh. keep acting up and Terry's like look your life <laughs> isn't that hard get over it right. yeah Terry was my favorite this week for for much that same reason and also just because like she gets some fucking screen time which like out of out of everyone well I told y'all I'm kind of like a mix between I think Liberty and and, and Terry so I also like Liberty but I was I was feeling Terry in this episode and I was glad that she was like she like I think that she's starting to have a voice like standing up against Ashley's bullshit in ways that I yes. am I am here for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My favorite is actually uh Ashley's mom. I think that she is MVP for parenting because she's not mad at her dad. She loves her dad. She even says that they both both of her parents say that they love each other, but like in also, platonic ways. 
Can we talk about how often Ashley's mom and dad kiss in that moment oh outside? God, right? <laughs> oh I, was like, I was like, okay, one kiss. Nope, there's another kiss. Like, okay, now I see why Ashley's confused. Yeah. I mean, sure. Brendan and I greet each other like that all the time. On the lip? Yeah. 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 Just now when you guys are around. Oh. Yeah. So it's your private Here's moments. Yeah. Were, you in, were you and Brendan previously married? Yes. She lives okay. in a locket around my neck, okay? <laughs> Wait, Did are you, you dead kill though? off Sonic? <laughs> <laughs> no, she's still alive. Oh. I'm going to feel real bad when I die tonight. No, don't do it. It's a bad idea. Sorry, that's a joke my mom sometimes makes. No, we already lost rhinos. Peace. Oh, sorry. I mean, the other person I really liked, and she only had a brief glimmer of a moment, was Manny, because Manny tries really nicely to tell Liberty. Yeah, mm, no. He's not having it. He's just not that into you? Yeah, something like that. (laughs) Oh, my God. Liberty is so Jennifer Goodwin in that movie. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, um, that movie is horrible. Yeah. I have a second favorite thing, um, and that is Paige playing field hockey. That like brought <laughs> so much joy to my life when I saw it. Because for those who listen to our podcast that are not familiar with gay adjacent things, field hockey has for a long time been considered a lesbian sport. Saucer no. played it in Freaky Friday. I mean um, <laughs> No, field hockey, you know, the old joke about field hockey players and softball players. Anyway, so I saw that and I was Again. like, <gasps> yes. all right, whatever, Palix, it's real. Okay, we're not there yet. I know, but it's so exciting. Okay. Page plays field uh, hockey. I thought you were talking about Paxel. I have no idea what is going on, y'all. Let's <laughs> just, we'll, we'll put that on the back burner. We'll get back to that in like five seasons. Oh my God. <laughs> They're both of our episodes this time around are named for movies obviously not songs mm-hmm. basketball diaries and secrets and lies are both movies from roughly around this time right basketball diaries is like 1995 or something yeah, yeah. it's older it's, it's part of the youth apocalyptic shit all i could think about with secrets and lies is the tv show secrets i and know lies. just <laughs> Oh, they're roughly the same time. Secrets and Lies is 96. Degrassi with all this pop culture inspiration. Love it. Is it Jay- Who said Secrets and Lies? Is that Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee Curtis? No, that's True that's Lies. True, that's True lies. lies. It may not be that this is named for it, but there is a movie, and they're both movies. There's a movie with, like, it's about an adoptive, it's about a black woman who goes to find her mother. Oh. Her mother is a white woman. Yes, oh. but that's the only secret. That's what I immediately thought of. And I guess maybe, I mean, isn't Basketball Diaries the one where he fantasizes about killing everybody? Yeah. All yeah. I really remember is Leo in the rain. Well, um, she- I forgot to tell you guys that one of my students used Degrassi Next Generation as an example of a show that she has rep sweats about. And it was really cute. Has what? She- Rep sweats, like she gets anxiety oh. representation, but actually they do it pretty well. And I got really, my face went red, and I was like, oh, you don't know about the podcast, right? She was like, what podcast? And I was like, nothing. No podcast. <laughs> I, I did wonder about Liberty's one unnamed Asian friend. Yeah, uh, in the the one who's operating the camera in the... Right. Yeah, friend is a loose term, because friends okay. <laughs> don't let friends go on camera like that. And I was like, what? Whose friend are you? <laughs> I mean, yep. we don't know her. It's like that that third friend that that Jimmy and Spinner had in the cafeteria that one day. Like, it's true. She never is a thing. Who are you? Well, thanks for listening to us talk about Degrassi. We are glad you joined us. You can find us on all the social medias. You can find us on Twitter at that bleeping pod. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram, That Bleeping Podcast. And now we're on all the podcatchers, which means you can go on Apple Music? No. What's it called? iTunes. iTunes. (laughs) I don't know. I don't do it that way. I'm not a person. Uh, You can go on iTunes and you can rate us. And obviously, as you've heard from every podcast you've ever listened to, that's a great way to tell people about us. Also, repost our episodes, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your frenemies, uh, whatever podcast you're on, if you can rate it there, do that, and that would be sweet. Thank you. 
Bye. 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 Bye.